0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen and this is the Leadership is Female podcast podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a triple A baseball team in minor league baseball. and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the leadership is female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity Learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Welcome, Laura Dixon, former head of external relations for the San Antonio Spurs and now founder and president of Pro Sports Assembly, the first member-led trade association for leaders in professional sports, working to advance diverse and inclusive leadership inside teams, leagues, and unions. Laura's past accolades include serving as the head of external relations for Spurs Sports and Entertainment. Establishing Silver and Black Give Back, the Spurs Foundation, creating the social impact for all franchisees and the corporate administration, and serving as counsel alongside the State Department on sports envoys, fellowships, and programs, connecting passionate leaders and organizations across the globe. Today's interview is full of education. I told Laura this was like a class in business school on how to set up successful programming within your organization. Her examples of standing up the foundation at the San Antonio Spurs and then expanding their global reach are major. These keys can help you now and steps that you can begin to think about to impact your business today. Laura is approachable, friendly, and guess what? She's here to serve the sports community. She identified an issue. Professional sports does not have a trade organization for standardized reporting, programming, best practices, and resources. So guess what? she started one. With founding members like Major League Baseball, the Miami Dolphins, and individual leaders around the industry, we will surely be hearing much from this organization and its values as the year goes on. Consider this your chance to be an early adopter. Grab your pen and listen in to the sports industry leader, Laura Dixon. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast Laura Dixon, former head of External Relations for the San Antonio Spurs and now founder and president of the Pro Sports Assembly. So excited to have you.
1: Thank you. It's nice to be with you. I am honored to be part of this uh, vast you know portfolio of, of women who you've spent time with and are highlighting you know the, their work and contribution. So I'm glad to be here today.
0: Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do and how you got there.
1: Sure. Um, well, I, um, am a very, uh, proud Spurs alum and there would be no pro sports assembly without the Spurs. So that is, um, very important to note. And, um, I, I serve as the executive director of the pro sports assembly and, um, That is, you know, a a dream come true, building things, being the architect of of building things, getting the right, you know, people on board um, to make it successful is, is, you know, uh, an opportunity and a challenge that I relish and treasure. So, you know, we are uh, almost eight months old as uh, an organization and have tremendous um, support, which we can talk about later. But uh, yeah, other than my, you know, professional work, I am, you know, the daughter, uh, granddaughter, great-granddaughter of a family of entrepreneurs and farmers and um, a really sensitive, you know, to how people get to the United States, and the the legend on my maternal side of the family is that my, you know, great something grandfather probably seven eight generations ago was a stowaway on a ship um, from Wales, and that's how my you know family got to the United States, and um, and being a a, a Texan uh, through and through, uh, I have just learned. Um, I think along the way from so many leaders in sports and leaders in my family about um, grit and um, making and building things that, um, you know, you're passionate about, whether that's, you know, a, a grocery store to serve your community or coaching. My dad's a baseball coach, um, you know, building programs from scratch and making your, you know, your family vacations, baseball tournaments. Uh, <laughs> you, you probably know a little bit about that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I now live in Austin, Texas and, um, you know, before the pandemic traveled around the country and around the world, um, as I kind of fancy myself a sports diplomat and just trying to use this platform that we have in, in the sports world to um, empower other women and young people to pursue their dreams and you know
0: be responsible with the opportunities that they have. Incredible journey that you've got. And before we Dig in because I can't wait to hear more. I want to talk about your transition. You recently left the Spurs for the Pro Sports Assembly full time. I know it's fresh, but can you talk about what it's been like so far and how you made the decision to make that leap?
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes they're just, um, i guess signs along the way that you you know you get and being part of an organization like the spurs is is i can't imagine easy for anyone to ever leave whether you know you're um making that decision completely on your own being you know encouraged to move along or you know you just jump um jump uh, you know on to the next thing um but The, you know, the the thing about being in a big organization like the Spurs is, uh, as with any professional sports organization or any, you know, significantly sized and mature professional sports organization, I should say, is you have, you know, a big team and a lot of resources. And um, one of the big differences in being in this stage of life with the assembly is, you know, we're still very much in the startup phase and um, we are, uh, you know, leaning into the entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit uh, that that's required to, to build and grow an organization from the ground up. And that's so exciting. And that's one of the things that I loved about being at the Spurs when I first you know, joined the organization. It was kind of a, I got a blank slate to um, really start the um, social responsibility, the foundation and our, our social impact efforts almost from scratch. Um, And get to build a really awesome team there um, who are, you know, now have, uh, we went, you know, from not having a bank account uh, for the foundation to having a seven plus million dollar reserve. And by the time that, you know, I I stepped into the the new role, and um, I think that That's just um, inspiration for what's to come with the assembly and the impact that, you know, that we'll be able to have beyond one organization and one community. And, you know, the assembly is bringing people from all professional
0: sports organizations together to have an impact more broadly. So, and I know we'll get to that. Yeah, and with with the Spurs and setting up that foundation, mm-hmm. can you talk about over the years what were some of the key themes that developed? Like, how did you feel best that you can support your community through basketball? Um, I know it also extended globally. Like, talk to us a little bit about that. How did you pick your pillars? Where did you make the most impact?
1: Yeah, well, one um, pillar that was was you know a gosh, uh, a staple of the community beyond just the Spurs, but really, you know, inspired and built by um, Pop's commitment to it was a Spurs Youth Basketball League, and it was one of the first, you know, youth basketball programs that were affiliated with an NBA organization or a professional sports franchise. And it was originally a Midnight Basketball League, and then it became the Drug Free League, and then it evolved into the, you know, Youth Basketball League. Um, and so that was something that we didn't really have to build, but was was core. And, and center um and, and well established. Um, we did modify it and just continue to nurture it. Um, but one one of the things that we did early on was um, you know host focus groups with stakeholders across the community and this was really informative of um you know how we were going to focus our efforts and um you know first we did that internally and then we did the focus groups externally, and these um, these sessions, you know, we asked people just to you know be unfiltered and tell us as much as you know as much as they were willing about their past um, experiences and about their aspirations and about how they thought we could and should use the platform. And after those um, conversations, we developed a, um, a a service learning program, and really that. Um, that program, um, it took the prescription off of the spurs and, and empowered the students in our community to identify the problems that they wanted to address and they wanted help investing in and help addressing with the support of the organization. So we were able to then you know, empower them and um, provide resources, support, and you know, encouragement and all sorts of activities around the work that they wanted to do, and and so I think that that um, you know that that student leadership um, evolved from um, you know just giving them categories to then being their partners and solutions across the community. And San Antonio at the time didn't really have a, a you know, a college going culture. And that was an initiative that the mayor wanted to inspire. So we were then able to work with the five different college campuses in San Antonio and start bringing students onto campus that, you know, and and these are kids that may not have had anyone in their family who could have Provided that kind of opportunity, so that that pillar and partnership with the city of kind of creating more of a college-going culture was uh, was powerful, and we have um, students who were. you know, captains on their team up challenge project, these service learning projects then went to become scholars who were hosting kids during their college going years and now are employees at Spurs Sports and Entertainment. So it created a really cool, you know, pipeline and and story and and they got to be part of the culture um, building from, you know, from their first engagement. Um, So um, that Spurs Youth Basketball League service learning and then, you know, and then you know, creating and finding the right places to plug the the players and coaches and staff into the work of community development was was key. One of the things that um, the organization was really well known for, from a basketball standpoint, was their international commitment and work to you know bring um, talent from all over the world and share talent, and domestic talent, with the rest of the world. It wasn't just like the the, the coaches were recruiting players from other countries that. Our coaches and front office staff are also going to other countries and supporting, you know, the development of the game outside of uh, San Antonio and the United States. And then, I um, was fortunate to get, you know, connected and kind of in cahoots with the State Department. uh, early in in my uh, days with the spurs and started building out the international connections for the business operations so we could complement what basketball you know was doing and that you know when you don't see the um, you know benefits in the short term uh, on the business side of the operation sometimes it's hard to gain momentum and keep people committed uh, you know you're, you've got to sell tickets you've got to generate revenue you got um you know to do the things that keep the business uh, moving and um we just found a few you know people who were really i guess visionary in a sense uh, and committed to bringing more international growth and development and opportunities through you know through these relationships to do the business so that was fun um and that became a really important part of the business strategy um over the
0: last five years. So. Wow. What an incredible program that you had built out with the Spurs. That's amazing. I think there's a lot of really awesome pillars that you identified for our listeners to think about within their own own organizations, um, not just specifically around the sport, but community development, um, student leader development. Uh, That's that's fantastic. And it must have you know, as you were describing, like laid the perfect groundwork for the Pro Sports Assembly, which is the first member-led trade association for leaders in professional sports working to advance diverse and inclusive leadership inside of teams, leagues, and unions. So tell us more about the business, its mission, and how sports leaders and professionals can get involved.
1: Uh, Well, you know, it's not a novel idea. I'll start by saying that um, if you're involved in, um, you know, I don't know, banking or if you're a car dealer or if you're um, involved in, um, you know, sports commission, uh, you know, adjacent to professional sports, there are trade associations and professional societies that, you know, that you can be a part of that help shape the future of your industry outside of your own direct line of business or your own geography. And we don't have that in professional sports. So we thought, you know, it's high time that we, um, we're, you know, we're mature enough as a, or industry that, that we should have a, an association for the people who work in pro sports, but we didn't want to do that. Um, in just the most traditional sense and the, um, exact same, um, business that you know a a traditional trade association does but we wanted to have purpose around that and we knew that um and this is back in 2018 the very first kind of formation conversations that we had around developing the assembly were were in late 2018. Couple of people, the Spurs. I uh, went to visit with St. Marshall at the Mavericks. I uh, went to visit Michelle Roberts at the MBPA, uh, SAE Godosa who was at the Carolina Panthers, and just started putting the pieces together um, for this organization to to you know root and 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 grow. Um, but we you know want to want to create. Um, a pathway for people to connect that is a little bit more formalized than you know LinkedIn or going to a conference where you know, you are going to be um, there with you know people from all aspects of the sports industry. We wanted to create a kind of a, a space for people in professional sports, as you mentioned. Uh, that's always something we have to kind of reiterate: professional sports at all levels of professional sports um, to to have a space where they can you know, convene, connect, collaborate, and really focus on the long-term solutions for the industry? I mean, I guess one one example uh, one of our board members likes to share in some of these conversations is, imagine if, you know, the assembly were five or ten years old when a, you know, pandemic hit. How much more swiftly would we have been able to respond, share resources, you know, connect, and navigate through all the challenges that have come you know, with this. And, um, I think that's a great example of, you know, the value of a member led association providing professional development. It's something that when I saw your announcement about your role, um, with major league baseball on the diversity council and our committee, um, that I thought, man, this is great. Like this is, um, now another, you know, group of people who are committed um to advancing their business. Um, you're not a social justice organization. The assembly is not a social justice organization. It is about advancing the industry through the lens of diverse and inclusive leadership so that it hits all aspects of our business, whether it's finance or marketing or operations. Um, we are being more intentional and thoughtful about all of the, you know, great things that will develop because of that.
0: Yeah. And I think you brought up a couple of good examples there. First, obviously this awful pandemic that we've been going through and our industry has just been devastated by over the last year in terms of our businesses in minor league baseball, we didn't even have a season in 2020 and we were reaching out among our leagues. Of course, mm-hmm. I think that was like the first step for any professional sport is look internal. Um, So let's, let's get together as a league. Well, then when the league ran out of questions and we started to understand that there were different ideas or opportunities state to state, I think then the state started to get together. So you would band together with your professional sports leagues or teams within the state. And then It kind of stopped there. Like we had, you know, various organizations doing lots of wonderful webinars and sharing content, sharing ideas, but there was no like universal hub for that. And then on the diversity, equity, and inclusion front, there are individual, standalone, wonderful organizations like WISE um, for, for women. But imagine if we had this collective of thought leadership and programming and tools and guidelines. And, you know, I just see that the pro sports assembly is like really filling a niche that it sure it might exist in some other industries, but we, we don't have anything to universally, you know, go to in sports.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, we, we definitely would not have created it if it already existed. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we're excited about the potential and your, your thought leadership point is great. Um. And it, it also provides a place for people who, you know, maybe really leading and thriving in in their own organization to get exposed to others. Right. And to have a broader set of experiences, I think about, um, you know, folks who are used to being in a big, you know, giant market like New York, where you can move around, you know, from team to organization to, you know, entertainment to sports or maybe even in Dallas and Chicago. But then you have uh folks who are in markets maybe like Reno or Salt Lake City or San Antonio or Memphis or Oklahoma City where there's not as much of that. So um you know being able to connect and um convene and share thought leadership beyond the you know the geography that may you know may have limited us to in the past just won't you know won't be a factor anymore. And you're right. I mean, sharing resources, um, and I don't mean resources like, you know, revenue, (laughs) but uh, resources like, uh, policy work or, um, research. Um, you mentioned the, you know, the survey earlier when, when we were catching up about that major league baseball, you know, used or issued or major league and minor league baseball, both used, um, and that, that's one of the things that we're working to um, help equip organizations with whether you're at the league level or the team level you can you know do research on demographics um, and you know see that kind of consistency across the board but we don't even know how many people work in professional sports in the United States or North America combined. So if you want to focus on progress and moving the needle, um, you've got to start, you know, by gathering that data. So that's one of the big projects that we have underway. Um, and then serving, you know, beyond the demographics to, you know, that that can tell you where you stand from a diversity standpoint, but Depending on what questions are included, how does how does it help you with the inclusivity challenges that you may have? Um, so yeah, we're we're standardizing some of those. We'll provide those resources out to organizations so that they can you know have have this, you know, ready whenever they're ready, you know, whenever they need to use it. And, um, and then also the opportunity to aggregate some of that. So if, you know, if you're moving from baseball, especially if you work in HR, imagine if you're, you know, you're moving from baseball to football that, you know, there's the standardized kind of survey or set of questions that may help you level set when you move from place to place.
0: Yeah. And it reminds me also minor league baseball had an incredible, it was called Lyft. It's yes, it inspiring future yeah. talent. It was an amazing mentorship program for women mentors who'd been in the industry, obviously a longer time. And then mentees who were just starting out. And as we started to talk about like, wow, this is a really amazing program that the minor league baseball office created. They got so much outreach from mm-hmm. different leagues and sports commissions and stadium authorities. I mean, you name it. So imagine there's a lot of work that goes into creating the structure of those programs. Imagine if there was something already available to get you started and we sort of leveled the playing field on those mentorship experiences and aggregated those best practices, how much more beneficial would the program be? Right.
1: Well, you know, you what you guys are doing in Major League Baseball, um, you know, it's. I know it's going to inspire others across professional sports. Um, I, I saw the Texas Rangers, you know, uh, introduced a um, Charlie—I think it was a Charlie Pride Fellowship Program—just yesterday, and um, have gotten a lot of attention around it. And one of the things that we hope, because the, the Texas Rangers are a member of the Pro Sports Assembly, and Major League Baseball is a founding member of the Pro Sports Assembly, that we can um, provide the platform for for you, for the Rangers, for Major League Baseball to come in and share, um, you know, with other members like this is how we built the program. These are the challenges that came along the way. This is, uh, you know, our vision for impact through the program and, you know, kind of Teach others that are in the industry how, you know, how to do the work alongside of you that will rise the tide, you know, for for everyone. Um, so that's one of the things that we're super excited about.
0: You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com, join our newsletter, check out all the episodes of the podcast, and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance, to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Yeah. And I had a question on here, Laura, why is the pro sports assembly so important? But I think we've already sort of (laughs) run through the myriad of reasons of endless reasons why it's so important to have, have this launched and you're the head. It's so so exciting. Well, we've got,
1: we, yeah, I mean, we've got an amazing team, but I will say that it, you know, the success depends on the members and Mm -hmm. membership, you know, so um, we are member led member driven. Um, It is a labor of love for uh, me and Corrine right now. I mean, we are um, committed to building it to a place where we could have staff and, uh, and hopefully we will get there um, sooner rather than later. But our board and our advisory board, I mean, they are um, volunteer leaders, And they're building the organization um, from the ground up. So, we're, and we know we're going to have, you know, board rotation and people are going to, you know, have term limits. And as much as we want to keep them on forever, we're going to be building, you know, um, a pipeline of talent for new leadership roles on committees, task forces, board leadership. And, you know, and these are the folks that are going to drive the industry forward. And, and I think it's also one thing that is really important that, you know, a lot about, um, and that I'm sure the committee that, um, that you're on at Major League Baseball will will spend a lot of time talking about is, is accountability. Like, um, you know, we, I think uh, one of the things that the assembly is is you know providing to organizational members. There's different things for individual members than you know and organizational members, but is a way to assess where you are. Like that's kind of step one, right? You got to do some internal assessment. Then two is how do you operationalize these goals and commitments that that you've either made real publicly or that you've made to your staff. Um, and, and the third and the most difficult is you know really fostering a culture of um you know inclusivity and innovation um and you know, continuous improvement, and that requires accountability, right? And accountability is tough, um, but when we all start to work on it together, and we know, like, hey, you're on this committee, or hey, you're in this leadership position, or hey, your organization has made this commitment, then there is a whole new you know level of, of accountability there that um, that we can you know help people um, stick to. And it's not
0: like, you know, we're, we're going to come out, we're not going to be the accountability police. We're going to be like your partner, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to, to join and it's the next thing to hold yourself accountable to that commitment. Great to hear you. You're already thinking down that term of like, all right, get the people on the bus and then make sure that they're all ready to travel to that destination and, and get to work. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done some management consulting as well in your, in your career, working with executives and helping people operationalize new ventures. What are some of the key lessons that you have taught to see these businesses succeed? And then how can we apply those principles to our career in the business of sports?
1: Each client is different, right? So one of the things I guess I would start with is knowing your client, right? You, you can't, at least in my experience and in the sports world, like having a cookie cutter approach, isn't going to set you up for success. Um, you know, you have to understand what motivates your client, what, um, what their real, you know, aspirations are, um, so that you can learn and understand their language as best as possible, and help connect the dots for them in ways that they may not have the, you know, the time or the the capacity um, or relationships to do. Um, and you know, there certainly is a, a good blend of, you know, process and. Um, And I guess art, you know, the art and science of of being a good partner when you're in a consulting role is, um, is key and, and the, the, I think the foundation of that is really, you know, trust and knowing that, you know, your you're you have your client's best interest in mind and that they can you know count on you once you're once you're proven as someone who can execute and can strategize and can make the you know the, the vision come to life then it's you know continuing to to build the the trust and the partnership and in the community or you know the community of stakeholders Um, that may you know that are critical to that to that client and that doesn't necessarily mean the community at large like your city or your your county it just means like who are the stakeholders involved and how are you you know building that that client's brand within their stakeholder community i I think that the last thing is um you know making sure that it is impacting their their business the way that they need you to um whether that's generating revenue um you know generating new partnerships or bringing the impact to their business um from a you know either a, a staff or a um fan or a, a social impact standpoint so
0: what i heard you say there is like it's all the it's the four steps that helped you to create the spurs uh foundation it was know your client the blend of, of process or art and science, um, trust and partnership, and the community of your stakeholders, and then the last piece, number four, was making sure it's impacting their business or their communities or their areas or their partnerships, whatever whatever they've really mm-hmm. identified. And so those sort of four steps of those those business advice and business principles, like, are what you bring to the table. It's what you put into action to create that successful Spurs programming. Well, we and should, now what's turn this into a podcast or something. I don't know. Yeah. And now what's <laughs> coming about into the pro sports assembly, like <laughs> you're, you're giving us business school here today, Laura. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, I, if I get to spend an
0: hour with you every day, we, I would get, get it all together. <laughs> yeah. I was just breaking it down for yeah. the audience and, um, and sometimes maybe for, for the guests, it's like, oh yes, I did all of that. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so you should walk tall and walk proud of all your accomplishments and and what's to come. Well, I'm glad that we,
1: I, I know that uh, we haven't known each other long, but I know that uh, we're going to know each other for a long time moving forward. And so I'm excited about that. I'm really
0: excited. Me, that. me too. Me too. And so I, I have to ask you um, for a little bit more storytelling from your favorite sports memories is it your time with the spurs um is it an international trip that you had taken um tell us one of your favorite memories from your this work is- in the sports industry
1: oh man i'm so old um what <laughs> you know i think the thing that what well, okay so oh, how do i narrow this down um Early, early, early in my career, um, I would take a couple of weeks off while we were trying to build the global games. And the, like the first two years that we hosted this international basketball tournament, my you know my job with uh, Plano and being their you know, sports consultant leader, um, I would just say I'm I'm like just gonna take off. I don't, know, I don't even know if we even classified it as a vacation, but for two weeks and focus on this summer global games basketball tournament. And, you know, prior to that, I think the only exposure, really the only international travel that I had had at, you know, 22 years old was in and out of Mexico. I mean, being in Texas, that's just kind of something that, you you know, you do. Um and then we had these, you know, we had the Chinese national team coming over. We had the Brazilian national team, the Argentinian national team. The at the time Yugoslavia still, um, you know, was together and had a national team, and so we're bringing in these, you know, basketball teams from all over the country, and all and USA Basketball would come, and I it it was just such a an incredible experience to have at such a young or early stage, and you know in my career, in your career, in any career, um, to get that kind of exposure, um, not only to the talent on the court, but to the administration, the coaching staff, the number of what, what ended up happening is that, you know, all of these NBA scouts, it turned into a scouting event. For them, they didn't have to travel to all these different countries. They could come to, you know, one place and dallas texas on the campus of smu and see all of these you know folks play um and so it just helped me understand you know the, the business better and i understand uh you know international aspects of the business and strategy um for being you know efficient um and um i i, I really just when I reflect back on a lot of experience, I mean, there are championships and, you know, wonderful games and uh, Olympic moments. Um, and I guess another early, really cool memory is when I worked for the Dallas Sports Commission, we wrote the bids. You know, we were trying to get the Olympics to Dallas, the Dallas 2012 Olympic bid. Part of the process is you're hosting Olympic trials for the United States, and we hosted two first time Olympic trials, and one that I was heavily involved in. And again, I'm low man, lowest man on the totem pole, um, was the uh, trials for USA Triathlon, and I got assigned a doping job, one of the many jobs, but one was a doping. And so I got assigned to a, a woman, uh triathlete who was, you know, projected to be the gold or silver, silver medalist. And I had to stick by her side for, you know, the 48 hours leading up to the event. If she went to the bathroom. I went to the bathroom. She went to the shower. I was not in the shower, but you know, in the space and the moment the national anthem played and she dove into the water, I just like lost it. I'm like, Oh my God, my, my person, she's going to, you know, she's, she's going to win. She's going to represent our country. She is, you know, going to bring home the gold, all these, you know, thoughts and emotions running through my head. But, uh, that was so, so special. And, um, you know, it was, I think those two things kind of happening within the same time period where it's all this international, um, influence here, you know, coming into our country and then, you know, someone representing our country on the global stage. Uh, it was, it's just something that in the moment, and even in the last probably 10 years after, I never really thought about how cool that was to have, um, early in your career. But yeah, now again, that, that I'm, you know, old, (laughs) I can look back and have a great appreciation for that.
0: That's the power of sport, right? That, that memory making that the way that it can just touch our heart. I mean, it's, it's emotional to watch people put in so much time and effort into their craft, um, to perform at their highest level and for their internal, pride and motivation, but also representation of their country. I mean, it's why, it's why we love it so much. Um, It's, it's why we, we do these jobs. And you'd mentioned this, you were low man on the totem pole. Do you have advice for the low man on the totem pole? Like those young people who are starting out their careers, like as you, you just reflected back, like, with such nostalgia of starting off early, having to do the other duties as assigned, like pick up the many, many jobs. What's your advice for, for those people who are just starting out? How do they get an edge?
1: Yeah, I, I volunteered for a ton of things that I certainly wasn't paid for, but I, I loved it. I just wanted the exposure and experience. But one thing, uh, one of my one of my favorite clients turned favorite friends, um, uh, Basketball coach who had shared many wonderful experiences with um, Bill Self, who's at Kansas, um, answered this question in a room of, of college coach or high school coaches. Maybe um, when you know someone said, "Hey, what do you what advice do you have for us? What can we pass on to our kids?" And I'd never heard this. You know, a lot of times people recycle quotes or recycle you know philosophies or ideas, and he said. Well, just just remember, like, big time is where you're at. And I was like, what? What does that mean? And you know, luckily I could have a conversation with him afterwards. But he just said it so matter of fact and like dropped the mic. I mean, he just was like, big time is where you're at. And I was like, wow, okay. That really like puts you in a place of responsibility for, you know, every. Thing that you're thinking, that you're doing, that you're spending your time on, like it—it's what you make it. You know, if if you want to be big time, then that's what you—you know—that's the way you need to make decisions and you know carry forward. So, um,
0: I love that story because when you first said it, I had like the same reaction. I was like, "What's next? You know, <laughs> what, what's the end of the quote?" But yeah. that- Sit here for a second and like let that absorb. Yeah. And dang, Bill Self dropping the knowledge. And Laura <laughs> Dixon sharing it with just us today. Passing
1: it on. Yeah. Just yeah, it
0: on. keeping it alive. I love that. Big time is where you're at. So we normally finish with your favorite quote. Is that the one you brought for us today?
1: Oh, that is is definitely um high, high on the list. Yeah.
0: I have, um, so many favorite quotes, and yeah. favorite, uh, questions to ask because you get like this amalgamation of these different like ideas yeah. and depending on where you're at in your life, like one is reflecting more than another. What, it's- so what's yours, what's your go-to? So my go-to is be so good. They won't forget you. Yeah. And it's a, it's a takeoff of, um, actually Steve Martin has something says something really, really similar to that, but what that be so good, they won't forget you what that means for me and why it's relevant. It's why I have my job today because my work spoke for itself and I got a call back to, or I got a call to come back because of the work I had done before. And what's really been evident in these podcast interviews, it's like so many of the most successful women, there becomes a point, a tipping point in their career where they stop applying for jobs and they start getting asked. And I think where that comes from is their work. Their work speaks for itself that they are someone you have to have on your team. And so they continue to get those calls. And that's why I just, I love that you know, be so good. They won't forget you when all else fails and the world is up against you, like do the best work that you can do. And that's, that's your legacy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, it kind of feeds into the, um, that, that idea that, um, people don't, uh, care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Right. I mean, it's a similar, um, similar concept. Uh, well, I um, have thoroughly enjoyed your podcast and I always learn something and get inspiration from them.
0: Well, you definitely had a mic drop moment with the big time is where you're at. So <laughs> I'll roll with that all, all day long. And I think it's an incredible, it's an incredible takeaway. And it's it's a really good message for where you're at in your career, starting a new venture that is going to be so important for all of us in this industry. And so it's been such an honor to have you here with me today and to share your voice and your business school, uh, with all of our, uh, guests and listeners. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I hope that, um, you know, everyone listening is invited to get in, uh, you know, get in cahoots with us at the assembly and Emily, we you know, we've got to find the, the spot uh, to get you plugged in. And, um, you know, I look forward to sharing more about your uh, your work um, and your committee's work and what we're doing um, across the industry. I think that it's just going to be an example and um, a, a case that we can point to over and over again for others who are trying to figure out how to you know how to do good work so thank you for your leadership
0: honored and that would be awesome and where can we find out more about pro sports oh yeah
1: for sure uh well prosportsassembly.org and also you know we've got a pretty decent uh and growing active group on linkedin that um, is where we you know, share a lot of information about members only events or public events, um, all of those being virtual at this point, but um, different you know, certification programs, social activities and, um, and conversations. We have a really important conversation coming up on April 1st um, around innovation, uh, with inclusivity in mind and, uh, Dominique Wilkins and Anthony Bonavita who, uh, Anthony's on our governing board is, uh, the executive vice president and, and general manager of the Cavaliers, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers rocket mortgage field house, uh, facility. And they were the first to work with, um, Culture City to build a space inside of their venue for sensory, I guess, kind of like almost escapes, but a sensory room for families to um, be able to continue to enjoy the game um, in a space that um, didn't have as much uh, overload for for them, and so it's going to be a really incredible conversation, and um, we just invite. It's going to be open, and anyone who um, is willing to, you know, take the hour to participate and listen and join in is welcome. So I hope that we can um, see some folks there from from this group.
0: Yeah. So key takeaway today, something really quick that you can do today to level up tomorrow is LinkedIn. Head on over to Pro Sports Assembly and. Join the group, be an early adopter as um, it's it's growing and you can be included in all this great yeah, information. become a founder.
1: The founder's uh, benefits are only gonna grow over time, but yeah, through the, the first year, everyone that joins is a uh, founder. That's
0: amazing. Yeah, Laura Dixon, founder and president, Pro Sports Assembly. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Emily. See you soon. Laura left me with one more quote that she wanted to ensure I share with all of you. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced by James Baldwin. Like I said, Laura's dropping the knowledge left and right. And this quote is just another example. Not everything that is faced can be changed but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Let's get into the top four takeaways this week focused on business advice. Number one, know your client as there is no cookie cutter approach. What are your client's motivations, aspirations, and goals? How can you connect those to your organization and what you can accomplish together? Focus on that partnership. Number two, the process is a blend of art and science creativity mixed with proven sports tools that get proven outcomes. Number three, trust plus partnership plus impact equals outcomes. And number four, bottom line, a client's partnership with you must positively impact their business. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories, To talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month, some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, Anything you are inspired by. If so, take one second and share the link. Post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email. So many ways to share Leadership is Female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today. Because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.